Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Use Guys in That podcast. I'm your host, Jay Colot, joined by fellow hosts Chris G and Angel the Sound Girl, who also operates the soundboard. Today, we are joined by a wonderful guest named Harley. You can find her Twitter at Rebel Scum Han. Uh, just before we get started, uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Use Guys Pod. You can email us at useguysinthat at gmail.com. I would like to say hello to uh, some listeners that we have that have. Uh, Recently started uh, checking out the show. Of course, those people are in Spain, France, Australia, the United Kingdom, Romania, Belgium, Brazil, Greece, the Netherlands, and Sweden. So thank you and welcome aboard. So uh, Harley, thanks for joining us. We're really stoked that you uh, showed up. Um, uh, welcome. And uh, I think you know where we're going to go. I would really like to know about how it is to be a lady in the anarchist, libertarian slash uh, liberty movement and the thirsty DMs that end up uh, in your inbox, and how diff- and how what it's like to get those messages from these people. <laughs> um, well, I'm gonna disappoint you a little bit and say that I actually don't get anywhere near as many as others seem to get. Um, I get them on occasion, and every time I say I actually don't get as many as it seems like other people get, I'm always told, "Well, now you jinx yourself." So. RIP to your inbox, but <laughs> and, um, no, I honestly, it actually is not that common. I do get, I mean, it happens for sure. I've definitely had some very strange comments like, uh, this one guy who was, gosh, in his fifties randomly messaging me, you know, and they always start off like, Oh, I just want to get to know you more. You seem like you could be a really good friend, you know, someone I could vibe with. And I was like, uh-huh, sure. Yeah. That's what you think. <laughs> and he freaking like went on about how he wanted to like pull me close to him and just get a good sniff behind my ear. And oh. like, I got to say, Joe Biden? yeah, was it, <laughs> right? can you, can you name <laughs> drop? Was it Joseph? Was it Joseph Biden? <laughs> he claimed to be part of, he claimed to work for this like really well-known um, restaurant or something too. And I'm like, no, I don't think you do. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but um, actually, no, I actually, usually I get a lot of um, undercover feds and um, really thirsty. Yes. I actually, I get a pretty good deal of that. <laughs> Can you elaborate on that a little bit? No names, of course, but I'm curious to hear what that's all about. I, to be honest, I couldn't remember their names anyway, but um, the first one that was the most noticeable, this uh, guy reached out to me. It was right when all the protests 
started, all the riots and everything first started. And he messaged me. This guy just had so many red flags to his account. And he asked if I knew of any protests or riots being planned in the Tucson area. Well, I didn't have really publicly exactly where I was living. You would have to like scroll and scroll and scroll to find out, right? Mm -hmm. Just Arizona. And he, I looked at his profile. His profile photo was like a really blurry, pixelated image of some guy looking away on a cliff. So you couldn't even see his face. He, he, uh, he, he only had four tweets in the past year and yet somehow had like over a thousand followers and all those followers were just bots, total sock puppet accounts. Interesting. All of every single one of them. And uh, I don't remember what the screen name was. It was something super vague and basic. And I, 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 that just screamed undercover fed to me, you know, just too much mystery behind that. Oftentimes, though, what I do, I had one guy basically, I don't know if he was an undercover fed, if he was a spam bot or what, but, you know, pretending to be military and uh i have a tactic for when i get thirsty emails and that is i pretend that i am either a famous person with questionable reputation or a fictional character <laughs> and in this case i was basically copying parts of um john mcafee's Wikipedia page and pasting them, <laughs> editing them to make it sound like I was talking about myself. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> that was good. That was good. I'm sorry. Please carry on. You okay there? Yeah, yeah. Got a little, a little uh, headed, but I'm all right. <laughs> well, I like I. This guy was pretending to be military, claimed to not know what feds were. So I'm like, okay, there's no way you're real, you know? Right. And I mean, he was asking like how many kids I had and stuff. I think, I think John claims to have like 42 biological children. So I'm like, yeah, 42 children. And just, Damn. I'm just like copying all these posts, like going on as to why the feds are after me and why I've been living out in sea on the run and all this. And he was completely, he was like, what are you talking about? Like was not catching on that I was faking this at all whatsoever. <laughs> and this went on for about an hour. That's I'm not decent. Even joking. That is very decent. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm, no, I'm like legit impressed. Like this is, this is great. This is better than I, this is better than the fucking horny posting thing. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even know what that is. Like I was telling angel, like I'm married. So like, I don't I go on to Twitter to complain about the government and talk to my friends. Like I don't, really, you know, engage in trying to, like, you know, talk to girls and, you know, and get into their DMs and other things. So I had no idea it was horny posting, and I kept seeing people do a lot of horny posting on the libertarian uh, accounts today. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean, man? Can somebody explain to me what horny posting is? Anybody, please? Okay, so, I mean, I will say I have some friends who definitely post some thirsty comments, but they're typically friends who I'm not threatened by, you know, so they'll leave flirty comments and such, but they know they can get away with it because I know they're not like actually a threat. They're, they're, they're somebody I know better. So it's like, okay, they're goofing off having it, you know, just messing around, whatever. Right. But, um, not as far as like, um, 
unsolicited photos and whatnot that's actually not something i get very much thank goodness yeah thank I can, goodness I, I can think of like two i can think of like two ever well not ever but as once i got into the libertarian twitter scene well that's that's good news that that is good to hear um it's <laughs> very good news I want I want to check in here real quick now that we had we were talking to you now the option is yours the gang the the the, uh, the the central committee here so to speak of the used guys in that show were obligated to put twenty dollars each in for the jizz lane Deadpool okay now uh, it's twenty dollar buy in so right now it's twenty forty sixty we, Randy doesn't he I, we we don't know what happened to him he I don't know I think he got lost or got taken by the Kong in the jungle or something I don't know what happened to him <laughs> um, but uh, yeah you uh, can pick between guilty not guilty plea deal. And you can pick, you know, of course, death is, 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 is just a matter of time. You have to pick the time frame. Now, Chris is in the danger zone. He's in the red right now because he picked danger a plea zone. <laughs> he picked plea deal, but he also said that she's going to die within two months. And we're rapidly approaching the end of that window. Angel said that she's going to be uh, she's going to uh, plead not guilty. OK, not a plea deal. And that she's not going to die anytime soon as a result of this sort of thing. Which, if you're uh, if you've been paying attention, I think you're going to get it. You're going to get it wrong, Angel, because a FedEx driver is going to find this fucking girl. Um, right. And of course, me, yeah. I picked the plea deal, and I picked that she's going to die within a year. So you don't have to pick now, but just know the invitation is open in case you want to take our money. If you know something <laughs> that we don't, if you've got the inside scoop on some of those undercover feds who work for FedEx as well, um, that's up to you um i don't what now what's going on with the uh, with the jizz lane i pulled up an article that chris was talking about here so it says that uh judge rules to unseal the what is it the flight logs is that what it is there, there it's multiple things so it's uh hold up give me a second here so i can queue it up yeah, it says documents in 2015 case against uh yeah. so apparently this is from like a separate case okay right? Um, but it says uh, it includes flight logs from Epstein's jets, a deposition in 2016 in which uh, Maxwell's lawyer said she was asked intrusive questions about her sex life. Oh, my. Uh, the documents also include police reports from Palm Beach, Florida, where Epstein had a home. Uh, it will include communications between Maxwell and Epstein from January 2015 when Virginia Roberts uh, Guffrey made allegations about them in court papers. Uh, in the papers... Uh, Guffrey claimed she was forced to have sex with Prince Andrew three times when she was just 17 at Epstein's command. Uh, the documents, so the documents were actually, they were part of a defamation lawsuit brought by uh, Guffrey against Maxwell, which was confidentially settled in 2017. Um, so it's actually, it's separate from the criminal proceedings against Maxwell. Okay. Uh, but, but relevant if, if you uh, look at it. But I guess they're saying that the, the documents are going to run hundreds of pages and they they're saying that it should be made public within a week that's pretty exciting so harley mm -hmm. harley what's your take on all this like uh you don't have to buy in but could you give us what do you think is going to happen to jizz do you think jizz is going to get it soon do you think it's later do you think that uh, jizz is going to plea out or going to say not guilty or why, how do you see this playing out that's we want to hear your take Honestly, that's just so hard to say. I would be—I mean, I just wouldn't be a bit surprised out of any outcome. Either way, I don't think we're actually going to get any sort of answers. Just knowing who we're, who knowing who's involved, knowing who we're working with, I really don't expect any sort of 
good, really, to come out of this, just no matter what. I mean, you know, to me, whether she her she's actually killed or her death is faked or she spends life in prison, some, you know, it doesn't really matter to me. In the end, we're just not going to get the answers that we all deserve to have. So I'm just kind of waiting out and seeing what happens. I think that's a fair point. Not only we, pro- we probably won't get the answers that we want, but we're also the, the people who are victims of this woman and her boyfriend or whatever the hell he was, uh, you know, those the victims will never see justice because I think this goes so far high up on the food chain. And what was it that Trump did that but that put everybody over the falls? He like he said good luck to her, wished no, her he, well. Yeah, or... he gave her well wishes and Who I mean Who the fuck does that shit? Well, right. a, a lot of people are now saying that they think that possibly he was it's kind of like when an employee leaves and the employer says, oh, I wish you well in your endeavors. Well, yeah, that makes sense because like, <laughs> he probably worked for her at he, some point. He's probably wishing her <laughs> well because, like, now she's going to get murdered. That's what some people say, well, but I right. don't know. All right. That's a, that's an interesting take. Okay. All right. So, again, invitations open. If you want to buy some squares here on the Gislaine Deadpool, <laughs> the invitation is open. We were actually just talking about how to pronounce this fucking woman's name, and it just turns out that Harley had the same conclusion I did. It just, we called her Gislaine. It looks like right. Jizz. Well, I mean, when you when you look at it, if you're going to, like, pronounce it phonetically, I mean, like, how else are you going to fucking pronounce that? <laughs> I only learned it because I watched the Epstein documentary documentary series on netflix a couple weeks ago and everyone was calling her Geelan, so i was like oh well i am very corrected right now uh, yeah, no, it, no, I, just I watched stands. that a while ago too i think the funniest thing in that whole netflix documentary was the part where they were like they were like showing the video clips from the cops or whoever it was questioning him and they're like is it true, sir, that you have an egg-shaped penis? <laughs> right. Oh, God. <laughs> Wasn't he really he was indignant? Like, he was, like, going into detail about how it's shaped and everything, like, excruciating right. detail. Ugh. Right. How disgusting. That's, like, that's what we want to know. That, like, these are the pressing, <laughs> pressing questions the American people want to know, sir. Mr. Epstein, what does your dick look like? <laughs> oh, you don't God. want an answer? That's all right. We're going to kill you in a jail cell anyways. That's right. And it won't be by a FedEx guy either. I mean, that was uh, that was more crude back then. Now they're getting more sophisticated with their assassination techniques. You know, props to the government or whoever's running that show. Um, speaking of government, uh, here where we live, we are uh, embroiled in the middle of a, um, I guess it's a... Uh, what an extortion! What what is this? A bribery scheme? Bribery, bribery and scheme. Chris, why don't you take it away and tell us exactly what happened with this uh, sixty million dollar or billion dollars? It's with a B, right? Sixty billion dollar? Uh, no, sixty. It was sixty million dollars. Sixty in million. Bribe funds. Okay, all but, right. Take it away. So it it was related to House Bill Six that uh, that uh, so it's a uh, Ohio House Speaker Larry Householder. Um, he was actually just arrested just this past Tuesday. Uh, after they investigated him uh, over this $60 million in bribe money that he received. Uh, and uh, that House Bill 6 was a, a nuclear bailout law. So this nuclear bailout law that uh, Larry Householder, fucking scumbag, uh, pushed through was a, a billion-plus ratepayer bailout of two Ohio nuclear plants owned by First Energy Solutions. Um, so it was actually a bill that he helped push through last year. So th- this is a, that was a, that sixty million dollars that he received was a 
the lubrication to get him to push that shit through. Oh, I see. Um, yeah. Um, so also, and besides Householder, there's a, there's four other four others that have been arrested in connection to it. Um, so former Ohio Republican Party chair turned consultant Matt Borges. It's B-O-R-G-E-S. Uh, a lobbyist, uh, Neil Clark, first energy solutions lobbyist, Juan Cespedes, and householder aide Jeff Longstreth. Uh, all of them are currently in custody. So all five of them, uh, they were actually set to. I don't know if it actually occurred yet because this article uh, from Cleveland.com was actually a few days old. Uh, but they were set to actually appear via video conference before uh, a federal magistrate judge in Cincinnati. Um, so, yeah, so he received $60 million to push through this bill that uh, took a shit ton of money from taxpayers to uh, bail out these two Ohio nuclear power plants. So that just goes to show you that $60 million that they paid him uh, – was fucking chump change compared to the amount of money that they were getting. So yeah, that's a fair yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chump change. That's why, like, because like when you first read that, you're like, oh man, sixty million dollars in bribe money. Good grief, that's a lot of fucking money. And then you're like, ah, oh, they got more than a billion dollars from fucking taxpayers. <laughs> that's why they gave them sixty million dollars. So, uh, and, and like after reading this and finding out about, it, I'm like, all right, and I do the rest of Congress. <laughs> like, yeah. like please please do the rest of them because they're all fucking corrupt um but yeah that's a you know, that's a that's a it's a good old corruption in our government for you and i know i had sent uh i had sent you guys like the legal document so i'd, I'd imagine we'll probably have that included in the show notes so yes we if will you feel like reading through all the legalese um I believe it's uh yeah it's eighty two pages long so <laughs> so I didn't quite bother reading through it I kind of just like skimmed through the first couple pages, uh but yeah if you're interested in reading that we'll uh we'll definitely include that in the show notes so you can see for yourself the allegations brought forth uh just like I said just be aware that it's uh you know written in legalese. Well, the question I have is, what was the issue with the nuclear power plants that needed the bailout? Are they being closed down, or they're just, well, what's the... So, it's for them to transition to net zero energy, um, a net zero energy type of a building. So, like, you have, like, zero emissions, which it's really kind of hard to have zero emissions. It's just another, like, Ponzi scheme for, like, those uh, carbon credits, etc. Oh, okay. It's a way to... Net zero, like, that's the future of building in general. Um, so just to be more energy efficient, that that's all it is. And it, this first energy didn't have enough money to <coughs> actually pay for it themselves. So the bribery is easier to obtain the funds from the taxpayers and they actually have to come out of their own pocket. So they mm. basically backed householder and his campaign got got him elected and then he got other members of the house to be on his team so he backed them with that money and then it turns out even further down the line he when the bill passed then other people were against it, right? The people of Ohio or, or other, you know, House members were against it. So they came up with a mission to 
have all of these signatures to repeal the bill that had passed. Well, he then, like, offered to pay off the signature people, like the signature companies that were going out and actually getting the signatures. He paid them off to not obtain signatures so that this would go through so that they could get the billions of dollars in taxpayer money to fund their operation, which is really shitty. Hmm. That's that's wonderful knowing that that's where fucking a third of my goddamn paycheck goes. <laughs> yeah, that is wonderful to know. Uh, you know, fantastic. I, I speaking of uh, paychecks, guys. So uh, you know, a lot of people in the country are hurting. Uh, there's been a six hundred dollar weekly unemployment uh, boost that uh, people who are unfortunately are victims of the authoritarian measures that the state has put in to completely curb their employment. Uh, that's going to be expiring. But, hey, do not fear. Apparently there's a new COVID-19 relief bill that's going gonna, gonna to be unveiled next week uh, after, these, after the $600 weekly boost for the unemployment runs out. You are going to get another $1,200 check of fiat money, and, uh, which, which tells me, if, okay, so like if I'm reading the tea leaves, and maybe you guys disagree, but if they're going to issue another three or what is it, one or three trillion, either way, it doesn't really matter. The numbers don't even make sense anymore. It, it doesn't matter. It's not even real money. Right. It's not it's real money. It's monopoly money. Correct. <laughs> uh, they're, if they're issuing another check, that means that this son of a bitch is going to go on for much longer. This probably won't even be the last check. So uh, what are you going to do with a new Corona Cash check if you, if, it, uh, if, if you get it? If we do get more Corona Cash... Virus bucks, whatever you want to, uh, was it called the uh, Trump dollars or whatever the Trump bucks? Donnie Trump. bucks. There you go, Donnie <laughs> bucks. Thank you. What do you What do you guys plan to do with your Corona cash? Do you have anything fun that you can uh, spend it on while you have it? Are you asking uh, anybody? The group, uh, Harley, take it. You're our guest. You You go first, please. Nothing too exciting, honestly. Res- adult stuff, responsibility stuff. Got it. All right. Um, I, now I lost all of my guns in the tragic boating accident many moons right, ago. As we all have, as I'm, we all have. Yeah, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Wait, the, you sea s- is, the sea is a harsh mistress. She is a harsh mistress, and she is angry at us for whatever reason. So right. I mean, like, once again, this is your friendly reminder to uh, the anarchist and uh, libertarian community: boating and guns do not mix. So please no. keep your fucking guns no. off the boats when you go out. I mean, I I'm I'm a hypocrite. I'm a sinner. I've done it. And I've lost all my firearms. I'm just, so. I'm, I'm addicted to boating and gunning. <laughs> you know, like my favorite thing to do is just to go full throttle on a jet ski and just light up a fucking AR while I'm doing it, man. And like, gone. <laughs> Next thing you know, you know AR less. That's it's right, a shame. Right. You hit, you hit awake. Boom. All your guns are gone. I don't know, man. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I, I don't know if I want to replace some of the guns I lost in the boating accident, or I don't know. Maybe well, I'll take my wife on vacation. Yeah. I don't know. You know what I really want to get is that fucking that Tavor X95. Oh okay. yeah, the bullpup. Isn't that the bullpup design? <laughs> yeah, it's yes. the bullpup. I got such a such a fucking chubby for bullpups. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just stay off the water when you get this well weapon. Right, okay. right. I was gonna say no, no jet skiing and lighting it up for me. Nope, no sir. What about you, Angel? What are you gonna spend your uh, Donnie bucks on? I don't know. I didn't even know we were gonna get more. Trump dollars, so probably I'll probably just set it aside just in case there's an emergency. Oh, wow, that's fiscally responsible of you. I, I, I did not have that answer. I'm embarrassed now. Thank you. 
Uh, the two the two ladies that joined the show they gave the most responsible answers. And here right. I'm like, hey, let's go on vacation. And Chris is like, hey, let's buy a gun and go boating. Like this is ridiculous. <laughs> We're assholes, well, man. Well, I mean, like the first go around, you know, because I'm lucky that I'm still employed and you know, I don't have to worry too much and spend that on you know act like the bills and things like that, right? So like I still have my regular salary, so I don't have to scrounge, which you know, I'm thankful for that. But um, I got my phone, remember, because my other phone was just like a cheap, you know, $100 phone that I bought. And I mean, it was a smartphone, but it wasn't that great. So I got my refurbished um, Samsung yeah. Galaxy S9. That's, That's not even the fancy dancy new one, but it's newer than what I okay. had. So right. I don't really need anything else. All right. Well, I guess you're going to uh, you know, save your Trump bucks. Good for you. I'm glad that uh, you and Harley are so responsible, and we're <laughs> Chris and I are a pack of assholes. That's great. Thanks right. a lot. I'm a, Thanks I'm everybody. A yeah, so. <laughs> I'm gonna buy a bunch <laughs> of fucking uh, yeah, uh, what is it, Sour Patch Kids from fucking Five Below. I'm gonna spend all my money on Sour Patch Kids <laughs> and get fucking oh, diabetes. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's a if lot I don't of money. Lose at least a fucking foot after this, I'm gonna be disappointed. <laughs> God damn. Oh what, what's, shit. What's name Wilfred Brimley. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, that's good, man. Um, so last week we uh, to touch on something that we talked about last week to follow up. I don't know, Harley, if you're aware, I, 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 our listeners, I don't know if they were aware or not, but the government took uh, your money, our money, and uh, part of this pay, paycheck protection plan that was in place, part of the first coronavirus bailout package that they had, I guess that was in March, wasn't it? March or April? I can't remember. It was a couple of months ago. Uh, I mean, I think they debated it through March, and it was like, I'm trying to think. I think it was like early May. Oh, was it? Okay. When the I, funds, I don't remember. When the funds, you know, when the, when the fucking Donnie Bucks went out. Okay. All right. Well, they uh, the Catholic Church was the recipient of uh, at least $1.3 billion of taxpayer money. Uh, for the payment, uh, the paycheck, p- paycheck p- protection plan, excuse me, and uh, they um, they benefit, and all, and some of the money went to dioceses and uh, parishes where they had gone bankrupt due to paying out um, settlements for priests who had molested children. Well, um, I have an article. This will be in the show notes. This is very interesting. Uh, it's a former Cardinal McCarrick accused of participating in beach house sex ring. Lawyers allege, and this is from uh, today is yeah, it was from yesterday. So uh, the individual bringing forth the lawsuit is named Doe D O E fourteen, raised in a devout Catholic family, attended St. Francis Xavier in Newark, New Jersey, and Essex Catholic in East Orange in the Archdiocese of Newark. By the time he was a teenager, uh, his lawyer said he was being groomed for a role in what they called a quote sex ring involving then Bishop Theodore McCarrick, the 90-year-old now defrocked and disgraced former cardinal who was cast out of the ministry last year over decades-old sexual abuse allegations in the lawsuit. They charged other priests and served as procurers to bring victims to McCarrick at his beach house on the Jersey Shore where, quote, assigned sleeping arrangements were made, choosing his victims from boys, seminarians, and clerics present at the beach house and that they were paired with adult clerics. The lawsuit doesn't say if McCarrick asked other priests to bring boys to the beach house. 
In a press conference Wednesday, attorney for the now 53-year-old victim serving as the plaintiff in the lawsuit detailed a sordid predatory scheme of sexual abuse involving McCarrick and other members of the clergy involving at least seven children, including Doe 14, that they said played out over dozens of years. Uh, the whole thing continued for 50 years, as a matter of fact, this um, sex ring of bringing children down to the beach house. Now, you're down in Arizona. Do you, got, do you ever hear any news? of Because like, we hear about it here, and I imagine that, at least in my understanding, since it's the largest single denomination of Christianity in the country, like if you separate out all the Protestant ones, uh, it's, the, it's still the largest one. Uh, do you ever hear about any sexual abuse scandals that happen in Arizona? I don't, I don't know if it's, a, uh, if it's just up here in, in the north or if it's uh, scattered everywhere. Um, specifically tied to the Catholic Church or something, no. But um, I do know that we do have uh, an undercover sex trafficking issue. We have local uh, people that seek them out. It was only, gosh, I remember just about three or four years ago, um, not too far from where I was living at the time. In fact, it was discovered, uh, what was it? It was like a, a child's skull. And I, I guess what happened was a teen girl actually escaped from these guys that kidnapped her for a sex trafficking ring. And she was able to contact these guys that have been trying to find these sex traffickers for a long time. And, and she was able to direct them to them. And yeah, they found like freaking like unmarked child graves and all kinds of stuff around the area that she was taken. Mm. And that was just, Oh yeah, no, it was, it was nasty. And somehow it did not make big news. It was, kind of brushed it was kind of like oh yeah this happened and then nothing beyond that so i'm i wouldn't be surprised if it was tied to something greater simply for right. how quickly it was brushed under the rug but um yeah that was only a few miles from the house too so you know that's not that's not too comfortable but um yeah no we we do occasionally get some things like that for sure now here's the question i have for you do you think any of the uh, uh, the trafficking, the human trafficking, that happens perhaps in the Southwest, do you think it has any ties to the cartels expanding their business across the border? Because I imagine that they would have. They've seemed to. They've seemed to expand their portfolio as to what they get involved in for profit. And I believe that uh, sex trafficking, human trafficking in general is uh is something that they do do you think that they have something to do with that in the you know being closer to mexico i wouldn't doubt it i uh, do know of some businesses that have some sort of cartel or mob ties including not very far from where i live so i can't really doubt that in any way now, do you think that um, do you think that violence, as far as like violence, other than you know, let's say people from Arizona, you know, doing terrible things to each other, has cartel violence spilled across the border into Arizona, like it has maybe in Texas or New Mexico, for example? Uh, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure if it's gone up or down. I kind of live in my own rural area. I try to tune out the rest of what's going on as much as possible. I, you know, in my little in my little area, I know we've got our own stuff going on there, but there's no, like, obvious violence, I should say. I mean, I know we've got st plenty of state violence. We have actually a very big 
police state problem, police brutality problem out here. But oh, really? as far as cartel stuff goes, I'm not entirely sure. What's going on with the uh, state of Arizona? Do tell. Um, Arizona, honestly, whatever family or friends come out to visit here, one of the first things they say is, why do you have cops on like every damn corner? They're just everywhere. And I can, there's, there's just countless stories of friends and family getting pulled over, driven off the side of the road because cops were just not paying attention. I'm literally in one case, like on a laptop, just driving, looking at the laptop and nearly running, like, like running people off a cliff and then a cliff. And then of course they investigate themselves. Oh, nothing happened. <laughs> but then of course there's also the case of Daniel Shaver. That was in Arizona. Oh yeah, um, that's right. I can't. I can't think of I can't think of the kid's name. There is that 15-year-old kid, a uh, quadruple amputee who was tackled and tased and beaten by police because you know someone with no arms or legs is totally a threat. That was in Tucson. That was that was where I live. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean there are there are cases of uh, women getting raped in Arizona highways by cops investigating them for drugs or whatever. I mean it's it's pretty bad. That is awful. I had no idea it was, I mean, like, I totally forgot for whatever reason that uh, Daniel was executed in in Arizona. I don't know why I was thinking it was New Mexico for whatever reason. But, oh, but yeah, it was so that, that, that happened in Arizona. Huh? Mesa, right? That was Mesa, Arizona. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 okay. And they hired him back so he could get his pension. Remember that? Yeah, that was, that was recent, yeah. Unreal. Yeah. Two thousand five hundred dollars a month coming out of taxpayer money. Yeah, I heard it was three grand. I could be wrong, but I heard it was like some over three grand a month. Anything over a fucking penny is too goddamn much. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Right? So why do you think it's so oh. bad there? Like, what what is the deal with Arizona? Do you think it's the proximity to the border? Like, what do you think it is? It might be. It might just be because we are so close to the border, and so we have this really. You know, a lot of people have it in their heads that Arizona is a diehard red state. And to be honest, I'm, it, it's really not as red as people think. But, you know, we're, we're pretty split as civilians, Republicans and Democrats, et cetera. And there's actually a pretty decent um, amount of anarchists out here as well, or libertarians. So, and I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I, th I guess just because everyone, maybe they're just afraid of immigrants coming in and so they feel any more police you know or maybe i don't know but it's it's obscene how many i mean you can look at any like simple shoplifting charge you can see like you know you want you'll go by a gas station and there'll be somebody there getting cuffed for shoplifting or some minor petty little thing and there'll be five police cars out there like what why do you need so many for one tiny little thing and that's every single time they're just Cops all over through the national parks, hiding in speed traps all over the place, all on the highways. I mean, you cannot go a minute without seeing a police car, at least one, everywhere. That is wild. That is really wild. I mean, is, do you think it's like that here, well, you guys? I mean, uh, I, I was going to say, I, I do know that in Ohio that, like, we're, we actually have one of the highest amount of, like, cops per capita um, so it's, it's not much better out here, man. Like I see cops everywhere all the time, all the time. So especially like fucking highway patrol everywhere. Yeah. You can't, 
Highway Patrol loves the higher X military. Oh yeah, they love those, and they're they're rude as fuck. They love it. They're like, oh, so you went overseas and dropped bombs on brown people? <laughs> you're hired. <laughs> oh, you're hired. We like this. <laughs> it is, it, you know, it is true because, like, Angel, remember I told you I went to Lebowski Fest that's in uh, Louisville. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I was driving down seventy one, which is the uh, one of the main uh, federal highways that goes through the state. It technically, I think it goes all the way down to, I forget what city in the south, but it runs from Cleveland all the way down to, fuck, I don't know. It's somewhere down there. It doesn't matter. Either way. So you take it all the way to, uh, to through Cincinnati, like you go through Columbus and Cincinnati. And the whole way down, like everywhere I was going, I saw Highway Patrol. And then, we, uh, you know, I ended up in Kentucky. My wife and I ended up in Kentucky. And we get the Lebowski Fest, and we're sitting there, and they had the movie playing outside in front of this bowling in bowling alley. And all of a sudden, I, I start sniffing. I'm like, man, man, somebody's smoking reefer. And they're just passing the joint back and forth, with, you know, just having a good time, smoking dope, watching the big Lebowski on the big screen. And I, I remember asking somebody, like, man, does anybody fucking worry about the cops? And somebody goes, no, this is Dixie. Nobody gives a fuck. And I'm like, maybe I'm coming from the police state. You know what I mean? Because, like, I don't know, maybe when we're growing up as kids, like, you're trying to sneak in a quick puff, and you're worried that Johnny Law is going to smell it and track you down. You know, I don't know. But down in, in Kentucky, they didn't give a fuck, man. They were they were lighting up in the in the line to go into the bowling alley for the bowling party. Somebody was smoking a bowl right there. And, and there were, were no cops around. No, no. They, like, I, yeah, like I told you, there were no <laughs> fucking police anywhere. <laughs> They're like, woo, boy, we down here in the holler, light it up. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had grits down there, dude. Like, I, got, I guess I got too much fucking northern blood in me, man. I can't do that shit. I can't do it. Like, breakfast needs you potatoes. Don't, you don't? Well, I mean, I don't disagree with you, but you don't like grits? No, grits are good. I like grits. They're all right. What do you think, Harley? I mean, do you like grits? You know what? I've only had them a couple of times, and I'm, I'm not a fan. Okay. All right. So we're split down the middle. Like I'm, I, I need potatoes in my breakfast. Like I mean, I mean, I, I don't, I don't blame you. It's, it's, you know, especially with you, it's, it's got to be the Irish blood in you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you for uh, like profiling I, like me. I, I need potatoes with my breakfast, or else I beat you with my shillelagh. Lass. <laughs> There's no bullshit. I've been over there three times to visit my family, and every every single meal was with potato. I, I, you have no idea how fucking happy I was. Now, mind you, I was drunk usually by one or two o'clock in the afternoon, and not and not and and mind you, the the, the regular people that live there, they were fine, they were fully functioning. But I I don't know. I guess I took it a little too seriously, and man, I I was hammered for most of the time that I was over there. Like I just I, I guess I was out of control because you know the drinking age I think is like when you can when you look the age like there's no like real official hey there's a hard number that you have to reach over there it's kind of like ah well you look like you're old enough all right come on you can have some you know <laughs> so it, it was it was great but the culture over there is very different man like the pubs are not like the bars here it's very different like it's I would argue that it's a little more relaxed than what we have I, I don't know if that makes sense or not nah I, I see it. Okay, so grits off. Grits are off for Harley and I. No grits. You guys are okay with grits, and you can smoke reefer freely in Kentuckistan without being bothered by <laughs> Johnny Law. Soviet. <laughs> it's hard to come up with these different uh, Soviet-style names for the USSA. Right. You know, I mean, it's very right. difficult. Like Ohio stand does not sound right. Arizona stand that kind of fits a little bit. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the right. You have to have the right combination of vowels, perhaps. I'm not. I'm not so sure. 
Um, so what else do we have here? What else is going on uh, that anybody wants to talk about here? Now, uh, let's see. Anybody pay attention to what's going on in Portland? Anybody at all? No, I hear that there's, like, you know, rioting, but that's been going on for a long time, so I don't even know, like, and they don't, you know, I haven't, no. I think your question, no. the American Stasi. You know what? How, how you know, your prediction skills are very, very strong, my friend. Yes, it actually has a name. Operation Diligent Valor. That's the name yeah, of what yeah. they were doing up there. Uh, in fact, now correct me if I'm wrong. Anybody in the uh, in the group here, if you use the the type of gas they use in a war, is that not a, is that seriously a war crime? Is that against the Geneva yeah, Convention? Yeah, it's against the Geneva Convention. Yeah. Okay, so why is it okay to use it on American citizens, even if are, they are Antifa fucks? Like it, it's still that's that's a war crime. Like why is it okay for them to do it? I don't understand. Maybe somebody could help me with that. I don't no, I'm with you on that. Oh, go ahead. I'm with you. And I was just saying I'm with you on that. It, it's it's not right to me either. Doesn't make sense. No, no, it's definitely not right, but uh, they definitely get away with it. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that they're just banking on, you know, the majority of the population not being educated on that and just doing whatever they want and then accepting it as normal. Well, if you don't want to get shot with, tear gas or whatever they're doing yeah right yeah then you should you know not protest like this is what you're asking for that's the same you know argument of oh well if you dress like a whore you're asking to get raped like it's the same thing like just because i'm protesting mm. doesn't mean i, I could see that i want you know tear gas to be shot at me like if i'm not you know doing anything but protesting and I'm not destroying property. I see no reason for anybody to accost me in any sort of way. If I'm not harming somebody or harming somebody else's property, I don't see the point in them doing that. But I don't really know what's going on there. So I think it's Black I, Rose Antifa. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Harley. Oh, no. I was just saying I, was, I had a very, very, very similar conversation earlier today, basically. I mean, I had a lot of uh, friends across the nation doing like live videos of the protests that they were attending when it was, you know, really, really out there everywhere. And so I, I've seen countless videos of exactly that. They're just sitting there. They're just standing on a lawn. They're just holding arm in arm on a, on a sidewalk, not doing anything. And then cops are kicking them in the face and they're macing them and they're rubber bullet, you know, people standing in front of their doors and they're just getting on their own property, getting shot at with rubber bullets. And, that's what I was trying to say. I'm like, why would they deserve that? I understand there are some pro some rioters that have hurt people and hurt businesses, but these people were not doing that. So why is it justified to attack them? The cops are the ones initiating the violence, not these people. Uh, Columbus, Ohio actually was a really nasty example of that. Countless videos I saw of people just sitting around not doing anything, and then police would just walk up start macing them out of nowhere, start shooting at them right in the face, point blank with rubber bullets, chucking tear gas canisters right in their faces. It's just horrible. Yeah, they actually did that too, like not not too far from where I live. So like uh, the, the closest city where I live is called Canton. And uh, they were having, you know, peaceful protests and the cops did the same thing. There were no rubber bullets, but they were just, they just randomly started tear gassing peaceful protesters. Like, oh, God, I fucking hate cops. <laughs> <laughs> God, I fucking hate cops. Like, I, 
I can't express that enough, man. I hate cops, and I can't stand the conservatives that are always talking about, I back the blue. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that a lot, too, because, you know, like we've talked about before, there's a lot of people in my graduate school co- cohort that are looking in to get to some kind of federal, state, or local law enforcement jobs because, you know, they think that they're either doing the right thing or whatever. And there's this uh, a conservative friend of mine who I've had conversations with. I'm trying to... I'm not trying to bring them all the way over to adopt the black flag. I know that that is not going to happen with this individual. I'm just trying to get him to think critically. And I've told him repeatedly, I'm like, you know the Army's not going to come for your guns. It's not, it's not going to be the Army if it ever comes down to it. No, no, no. It'll be the cops because the Army's not dumb enough to do that shit. They know what's going to happen. They've already experienced it when you try to confiscate property or, you know, quote, tread upon individuals that don't want to be bothered who are heavily armed. They know the result. Now, granted... They have the power to call Uncle Sugar's friends that are, you know, flying around in space right now and zap us from, you know, from low orbit. But nonetheless, they still know what the result is. I think the cops are crazy enough to try that. I really do. You know, I did, and that's the tragedy of this whole thing because at first we had discussed on the show how we were making progress with right-wingers seeing how terrible the police are. And then, you know, it becomes, unfortunately a hard racial issue, which they complete, then, then that, at that point they leave the conversation. They're no longer interested. And once people start feeling scared, that's when they start running to the state to protect them and their interests and things like that. Instead of really examining what the problem is, we still end, end up back at square one, which is unfortunately, it seems to be where we are now. Uh, now, let me ask you this, Harley, since you're down in Arizona, have, have you uh, seen any, uh, you know, protests being broken up by cops in, this, in the larger cities that that uh, are in the state or uh, people from outside the state coming in to stir up trouble, anything like that? Ours have actually been fairly tame, especially locally. We had um, one or two nights where there were, um, I think, something like, so I don't remember exactly how many. I don't. I think somewhere around 400 people, so really not that many. And really the worst that happened, I guess, was like one guy poured a water bottle on the boot of a cop and they did a little bit of graffiti on a uh, on a local brewery. I don't know why the brewery I doesn't make any sense to me, but um, that's the worst that happened down here at the very least. I heard things got worse in Phoenix, but nothing like full on catastrophic just I think there were some arrests, you know, some roughhousing, but nothing like no fires or murders or anything like that. Okay, interesting. Now, how about this for a, a question? So, I want to know what the the situation is in. Uh, well, I think we all do, since we're on the verge of being locked down once again by His <laughs> Majesty, the Governor of the State of Ohio, uh, the kid- Mike the Swine. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Lord Michael the Swine. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he, we, we have a mandatory statewide mask thing where, you know, if you're in public and you can't quote socially distance, you have to wear a mask, but there's some exceptions, but it was a real, uh, there was a quote, there, there was a alleged, excuse me, uptick in, uh, cases, but he said that it's not just testing. So that even though I think a lot of it, again, I have no idea. I just, I, I don't like any of it. I just, I feel very uncomfortable with not being able to live the way I have. So I'm curious to see what it's like uh, down there for you, if you have similar measures being implemented or if it's a little bit more relaxed. Oh, it's definitely not more relaxed. We are in our second lockdown and hoping it doesn't get extended again. It's supposed to be ending on the 27th. 
this particular lockdown. We've basically been off and on lockdown um, since, oh gosh, when? I think April, but encouraged to lock down, not mandatory, but encouraged before that since around February. Um, but right now we are in our second lockdown that was a month long and the main targets were bars, restaurants, gyms, pools, etc. And as of right now, masks are mandatory, at least in Tucson. The governor uh, made that a city by city thing, not a statewide thing. So the mayor is who said masks are mandatory. There are exceptions. But in general, you have to wear them in public. A lot of stores will not allow you to come in unless you have one on. And uh, I guess the gyms have to, like, sort of earn back the right to open again after the 27th by, like, proving that they're following CDC's guidelines or something like that. I don't, I'm kind of paraphrasing there, but... Um, every time we've had a lockdown, it, it's in, it ends up getting extended another week or two as far as the, as the masks go. I have yet to find anywhere where it says it's supposed to end. So as far as I know, the masks are indefinitely required everywhere in public. So yeah, we are, when you, like you said, with the spikes, that's kind of our situation. We spent a long time on the low end nationally hardly anyone catching it hardly anyone dying from it and then there was all this oh it's it's gonna die away because arizona's hot coronavirus can't survive heat and it's a desert you know we'll be fine but in reality it was pretty much impossible to really get tested and now the tests are out there and a lot more people are getting tested and so all of a sudden we're up there you know huge spike and so everybody's just full on panicking because now we have some of the highest cases in the nation. So I'm not expecting it to get any better anytime soon. Uh, the ever shifting goalpost of the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, at first it was like flatten the curve, flatten the curve, which we did. And now. Rem now it, remember, it was now, 15 now days. Now, instead of reporting, uh, yeah, because the last I heard is that deaths were actually down dramatically um, because a lot of the people getting it are, you know, healthy people. So, um, but yeah, like now they're only reporting on like spikes in cases, which, which is fucking meaningless. Like I was actually I was reading some articles earlier today. <clears throat> excuse me. Of like Ohio related numbers, and they're like, so now they're now their big scare tactic is reporting total amount of positive cases in Ohio since the pandemic began. So they're like, ooh, we're up to seventy seven thousand plus positive cases, which I decided to like crunch some numbers because I'm like, I'm gonna look up like what's what's the population in Ohio? Like we're last it was checked, we're just shy of twelve million. I think it was like. Like eleven million seven hundred and twenty thousand, yes. some shit like that. Yes. <clears throat> so, so if positive cases are seventy-seven thousand, that's like just above six percent of the population that caught it. And it I, was also sixty-nine percent of deaths. Sorry to interrupt, um, but sixty-nine percent of the deaths in Ohio were all extended healthcare facilities, in other words, nursing homes. So almost 70% of our deaths in Ohio were the elderly. So 
um, all the people that they were talking about, like, oh, if you don't wear your mask, what are you trying to do? Kill my fucking grandma, you fucking heartless prick. Don't you love people? Don't you fucking love people? We already fucking failed to protect the most vulnerable. Yeah, that's true. Already failed. Yeah. Already failed. And, and, and it's the same way with fucking <laughs> the fucking grand slaughterer fucking Cuomo who fucking ordered ordered COVID positive patients to be taken back into nursing homes. And that's why the fucking, like the death rate in New York was so fucking high. Cause they sent, they, they, they sent grandma back to the fucking care facility to spread COVID to everybody else there. Yeah. That's really yeah. sad. Out sorry, here. Sorry. Um, and... No, we're good. I, 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 I keep thinking you're down, but I'm not really sure. But <laughs> um, now out here, I guess we are at a 4% death rate, but again, we only just barely started getting these tests done. And so it's like, well, when you've waited so damn long to make these tests accessible to everybody, then, you know, more, it's going to spread that way because you can't catch it sooner. So of course you're going to have a higher death rate. You know, that's, that's your guys' fault for making it more difficult for us, you know? So I don't know. There's just a lot of panic, a lot of a lot of fear right now. Um, lots of gosh, I've seen some very interesting Karens out in the wild. I tell you, <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. <laughs> I'd like to speak to your manager. <laughs> well, do you have any Karen stories? I mean, do you have anything you could tell us? Now, okay. So funny enough, um, before the masks were mandatory, I was not wearing them because I, I have a health issue where I am very susceptible to passing out. And it's hot. I'm a delicate flower. Last thing you want me to do is pass out and have and have convulsions in the middle of your store. Okay, so with that said, I have not had anybody approach me personally and start a problem with me, but I've seen the passive aggressiveness of a Wonderful, wonderful case was actually at the post office about three months ago or so. And there's this woman, complete, just completely unshowered, matted, dirty hair, wearing like dirty pajamas and slippers and fabric gloves and a mask, right? Just not clean at all whatsoever. <laughs> what but a she's picture. got her mask. Oh, yeah. She's got her mask. Well, even better. She also had a small dog with her. Oh. And she was like harping on everybody, not following the guidelines perfectly, like to a T. So the post office floor had tape every six feet where you're supposed to stand. And the woman in front of her was behind the, the tape line, like a step. Okay, barely behind the, like, all, she wasn't on the line. She was right behind the line. But that was enough for the woman to look at her dog and just start loudly complaining, like, I guess some people are colorblind and they can't see the yellow and black tape in front of them, huh? And she's, like, <laughs> just loudly, like, and she's looking and she's just, anyone wearing a mask? Thank you for wearing a mask and, like, some people in here. And I'm sitting here like, bitch, have you showered at all the past three weeks? <laughs> like, I was just waiting for her to turn around and say oh. something to me. I'm like, go ahead and try. I would more than happily entertain you right now but no she didn't say anything to me <laughs> wow that's uh that's incredible i don't think i've had anybody i've gotten looks 
I know that Angel. Do you wear your mask when you go places, or um, could... I try not to go anywhere <laughs> because I'm like I can't stand how you're funneled in like cattle into the stores, and you only can mm-hmm. go one way and exit the same way. And I just I'm I'm I've had it with that, but I have gone in a few times, and the only reason why I have worn my mask is because like. Originally, all of the workers were complaining, you know, saying, oh, well, people aren't wearing masks, but we're supposed to. And, you know, what if we get sick and this and that? And like, I know supposedly wearing a mask doesn't really help, but I thought, well, if it makes them feel better for like the half hour that I'm in the store, I'll wear it. Yeah, I get that. I really do. So, yeah, I have worn it inside the store. Like this morning, you know, when I stopped to get some Red Bull before work, I put on the mask because I wasn't sure if we were supposed to do it today or if it was like tomorrow. So I'm like, I better just put it on in case somebody went active. Yeah. I'm like, in case somebody like fucking calls on me, you know, calls the cops. Like, you know, I already have an expired license because of the COVID. Oh, you're getting shot then. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't need it. So (laughs) So I'm thinking about participating in civil disobedience and, and writing a, derogatory messages on the masks that I have to wear if I'm going to the store. <laughs> I think that's, that's a great idea. I'm, I'm dead fucking serious. Like, I'm not even joking. And, like, I really hope someone tries to say something to me. Like, I've got somebody, I've got a friend uh, that, uh, that, that, that'll that make masks, and she was advertising, and she was all like, you know, hey, I'll put whatever message you want on there. So I'm like, oh, cool, like... uh I want to get one and put, like, this mask is fucking useless on it, <laughs> on the front. I want to get, like, a couple of them. Like, one that says obey, you know, one that says, like, this mask is fucking useless. And then, like, I don't know, I might come up with a couple other ideas. But just some stuff that'll, like, you know, hopefully make some people pissed off. <laughs> you know something? This needs to end up in the used guy's store. We need to sell these right. damn things whenever we get our act together and get the store up, you know. And uh, right. yeah, that would be great. I want to get one that says Hail Satan and like have an upside down cross or something <laughs> like that. That'll really work up the squares. Like they will get very oh, man, upset about really that. Hail Satan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a question for you, Harley. I, I, I was looking at, uh, do you run your own uh, uh, store? Uh, you have a brand, don't you? Is it the uh, Cryptid Bartender? Uh, I I. Yeah, well, the Cryptid Bartender is not really a store. It's more of a side project where um, I I make my own cocktail recipes that are based off of different like cryptids and urban legends, UFO reports, and things like that. And so I'll post the recipes to them and some backstory on it, and all the ingredients like reflect the backstory of whatever inspiration I'm using. So that's just kind of a side project that I started after I graduated bartending school. So I kind of had an edge to other people trying to get a job in the bartending business, and it's just been kind of slowly taking off. Um, but I do have like my own handmade creation stuff that I'm. I've actually been doing handmade sales for a long time, but I'm trying to, I've been having kind of some bumps while trying to get it more like polished because of stupid Etsy regulations and things like that. So it's basically like, yeah, I tried to start selling Liberty theme stuff and like three days after I opened this specific Etsy shop for these Liberty themed things, they flagged and shut down my 
or threatened to shut down my store because I used the term boogaloo. And they literally decided like the night before to make boogaloo a term that was against their terms of service. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> like, yeah. So they, so they flat out flagged me and threatened to shut down my shop over a rule they had just made up on the spot. And uh, so I'm kind of trying to like find other ways to just sort of, black market quote and sell things that way without using any particular shop site. Interesting. Okay. Can you direct any of our listeners how they can uh, find uh, what, you know, anything that's in your shop, for example, uh, if you had the, I think you have a cafe press, right? That they, people can visit and check out. Yeah, that is for the cryptid bartender stuff specifically. Um, the handmade stuff. I usually just, I'll, I'll make stuff and post it on Instagram or, or my Twitter or Facebook, whatever, and then just let people kind of come to me or they'll seek me out directly and ask if I can do something custom. That's that's kind of been my main method for the past few years. That's very cool. We're going to have to plug those links so that way people could check it out. I mean, I know that uh, the three of us would gladly patronize what you have. I mean, we have to support each other in the movement. So I would, I, I think, I know that we all be glad to go on there and uh, pick something up, and you know that way we can uh, get the brand moving a little bit in our corner of the woods, so to speak. Um, yeah. So we'll put those links in the show notes. Uh, now, let me ask you this one, one last question I have now I'm slightly narcoleptic. My wife will tell you that I could fall asleep while the Titanic was sinking and it's not <laughs> a problem. And you, and you call yourself an anarcho, anarcholeptic. Are you, do you suffer from the same problem that I do that you could just fall asleep in random places wherever you might be? Yeah, I'm literally narcoleptic. Oh, Wow. Like, like, what do you, like, well, how do you, how do you deal with that? Like, what is it that, I mean, do you have to like, like, no joke. Do you have to mainline Red Bull? Like, I mean, what, what is it that you do to try to like not fall asleep at like the BMV? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm a Kyle. I go with sugar-free monsters. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I legit like actually have it. And, um, I have the kind, well, I was talking about the convulsions and how I'm susceptible to passing out and falling asleep and such. And that's part of the type of narcolepsy I have. That's why. <laughs> wow. Like that's the first time I've actually met somebody who's been diagnosed with that. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I have it, although I, I can't self-diagnose, but that's, that's serious business, man. Wow. Like, I mean, especially if you're like behind the wheel or something like that, I mean, that could potentially be very dangerous. I would say that's, that's why I don't drive. Fair enough. <laughs> I, um, it actually is, very difficult for people to get diagnosed with it. It's actually very often misdiagnosed as ADD or ADHD because a lot of the symptoms, you know, out of focus, brain fog, um, et cetera, which I've always had. And the medications for narcolepsy and ADHD are actually essentially the exact same thing. So it took me a long time for me to actually find out that that is what I had. I've been to testing um, to figure out why I was having these like convulsions and pass out episodes, et cetera. And every single time it was just, we can't figure it out why. And it's all because they were doing the wrong tests. I had my genetic testing done several years ago. And then it was all these genes in there going narcolepsy type one, narcolepsy type one, like, like all throughout my results. So I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And I researched <laughs> it and every single symptom just fit me to a T. So I'm like, oh, well, that explains a lot of things, doesn't it? Wow. So whatever you do, don't eat a fucking bowl of soup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Don't eat a bowl of soup. 
Oh, I know geez. I'm an asshole. No. I, can't. I, I was sitting here like, oh my, don't say it, don't say it, and I'm saying it. <laughs> Shots fired. Um, yeah, so yeah, um, people, if you think you might have it, please go ahead and get tested because there's a good chance that you do have it and you're just misdiagnosed as either ADHD, ADHD or epileptic even. Fun little fact. What are the drugs that they give? Isn't that uh, amphetamines? Aren't that? Isn't that what the medication is? It's an it's it's amphetamine, correct? Yeah, basically like Adderall. Um, a lot of narcoleptics are actually prescribed Adderall, which that's what I was on throughout childhood too. And um, so it kept me awake, but I was still perpetually exhausted, and I would still have like random pass out episodes. And the type that I have um, with high adrenaline you know, like really happy, really upset, then that's what causes the full body paralysis while you're still conscious. And so that was something that didn't go away. Um, it's not really curable, just kind of treatable. So yeah, <laughs> it's not fun. No, it doesn't sound like fun at all. It doesn't. Um, that's it for me. I'm going to pat, leave it out to the group. Angel, Chris, do you have anything else before we uh, wrap it up? No, I'm just uh, still going to say that I am you know, working on the Bigfoot research and it's taken me a while, but that's coming soon. And I know we have another guest next week, so it'll probably be the week after that, hopefully. All right. The Bigfoot extravaganza is en route. Thank you very much, Angel. Go ahead, Chris. Um, actually, I was going to, I was going to ask Carly. So like, uh, what, what was it that actually brought you to like, like the libertarian, like liberty movement, like what was your background? Like what were you, you know, like politically say, like before you came to that realization and then what was it that brought you to it? Um, that's actually a bit of tragic backstory. Not that I mind sharing by any means, but um, there is a bit of history there. Uh, basically, when I was a young child, I was trying to get away from my abusive father and so, of course, you know, the standard CPS and all that getting involved and they just kept screwing everything up. And I um, at the time I was raised in a very Republican household, maybe from my mainly from my uh, my biological father, not so much my mom. She kind of just a bit, but she wasn't as outspoken. Um, but I I would give my my, you know, tell them, hey. You know, tell CPS, this is what he's doing. This is what's going on. Not everything, because I kind of had to dip my toes and, like, figure out if I trusted them, you know. So I told him just some of the stuff that he would do. And we would get back the reports, and every single thing I'd say, they would completely lie about. I would say, like, yeah, he humiliated me by doing this. He's hurt me by doing this. He's bruised me by doing that. And the reports would say, oh, yeah, she loves him. She can't get enough of him, and blah, blah. And I would beg and beg, don't. Don't make me see him again. I'm not safe. Don't make me see him. And they did everything they could to put his paternal rights before my safety. And at one point when I was about 11, I uh, got into a pretty big fight with my mother because at that point I was, I just had enough and I wasn't legally allowed to <laughs> no longer visit him. So sometimes we would find some ways to make up an excuse so I didn't have to see him. And at that point, I had skipped a couple of visitations. And, you know, my mom was concerned, what if I skip too many and I break the court orders and then I lose custody? But with me, it was like, you know, this is my safety we're talking about. 
What if he figures out that we were lying about why I couldn't go? What if he hurts me? What if, you know, what if, what if it, and I was terrified. And we got into this pretty big clash over it. And it was that moment that it clicked. Who are these strangers who know, who don't, not just don't know what's going on in my life, but obviously don't care to know, to determine what is best for me and my safety. Just because they have a nice suit and maybe some kind of badge or special ID, they suddenly have authority over me? That doesn't make any sense. So yeah, I was like 11 years old and that's when it started to click. And by then I was already saying I didn't trust cops for various reasons. And funny enough, my father is actually trying to become a cop or lawyer, had multiple degrees in law school from different colleges. And uh, that was the first seed of anti-government that really started to bloom. And so as I got older, um, I would say I was conservative just because some of my ethics aligned more with conservative. Like I would not personally get an abortion, for instance, but I still wanted the freedom of choice for others because I recognized that others would be in a hurtful situation and who was I to judge why they should get it or not. And so, or marijuana, I don't smoke it, but why can't you? So I didn't really know what to call myself. I just said conservative, but looking back now, I guess I could say minarchist. And as I got older, I started getting more and more into conspiracy theories and rabbit holes and everything until finally I just had enough and started saying anarchist. Because, and I, I kind of held back from saying anarchist for a good while because of the stigma, because of people like Antifa giving you know, anarchists a bad image. Oh, yeah. So, right, right. Right. Yeah. So I didn't want to be associated with that until... It was kind of a family effort, you know? It was my siblings and my mother, all of us are kind of like, screw it at this point. And so we all blossomed into anarchists together. <laughs> so I've been using the term anarchist for, God, oh goodness, I don't know, maybe a good like six, seven years now. But before that, I guess I could maybe say minarchist a bit because I, I didn't trust government, but I was also still kind of holding on to like, well, what if we need it to protect us for some reason, you know? Sure. So, you know what I think is, is funny? I'm sorry to interrupt. I beg you. you here's here. Uh, this is this is no longer correlation. Every single person that we've that at least I've talked to and I know that Chris has talked to and all of us together have shied away from using the term anarchist because of the stigma that's attached to it. Like, does anybody ever remember what they learned about anarchists in school? Like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the only the two words that always stick in my mind is Sacco and Vanzetti. Those are the two. Those are the two names that always stuck when they talked about anarchism. They they, they associated it strictly with violence and chaos. Chaos. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Isn't that something that all of us have the same experience where you like shy away for a little bit to say, oh no no no, I'm not. You know, I'm not going to use that word. You know what I mean? Because there's a deliberate stigma that's attached to that term. And I find it interesting that all of us have somewhat of the same experience with that term. I just, I'm sorry. I just, that I, I had to even write that down. I'm like, how about, how, how interesting that we kind of all have the same kind of experience with that word. Yeah, definitely. And for right. me, I kind of thought my image was more like, um, the Salt Lake city punk type image, you know, like the, 
just the thugs smashing windows, et cetera. You know, that was kind of the image I usually thought of. And I, most people I knew thought of that same image. And I'm like, well, I know that's not who I am. And it kind of took me uh, seeing more well-rounded adults using that label to really feel comfortable saying it. So I, I knew some here and there, and I thought it was interesting. And it kind of opened me up a little more to accepting that as a title. And then I started... Um, learning about people like Larkard Rose, for instance. And I'm like, okay, obviously this is not some pierced, leather-studded mo mohawk douchebag just <laughs> tossing Molotov cocktails everywhere. So, right. so that was honestly like a really big push with, you know, for me to be like, okay, I can still say, even if I don't necessarily agree with every anarchist out there, I see we all have our different takes, but it's enough for me to go, okay, I don't have to be associated with that particular chaotic stigma. Don, I think that that's a great point. I even uh, even Chris and I talked about that a couple of times. That we 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 kind of had a similar evolution to where you know you you kind of you know keep your you know toes in the minarchist pool. Like you're like, well, maybe the courts and the military and you know for property protection and things like that. And I think Michael Malice, the one is who said when people ask, "How did you become an anarchist?" It's like, uh, was it uh, gradually and then suddenly? You know, it, mm -hmm. it took me forever to get from like a hardcore status. I was I was a leftist for a long time when I was very young, um, an idealist, I might add. And then by the time I got to be like a member of the Libertarian Party, by that point, I was like, God, this is fucking lame. Like, these people aren't even that cool. You know what I mean? All of this, right, this shit, is, all this shit's this garbage. It's a bunch of fucking horse shit. It is a bunch of horse shit. So I find that very interesting. Thank you for sharing that story, man. I'm glad Chris asked, man. Thank you for sharing that. That was a. Uh, that's a hell of a personal experience to get. I mean, you really experience the uh, ineptitude of the state firsthand. And, of course, it's, uh, it's uh, I guess, devious and de uh, deceiving nature. I, I mean, that's that's a hell of a story and a hell of an experience to go through. You know, I'm sorry that it happened to you. Well, you know what? I, I, I It sucks that it happened. But at the same time, I, I look back and I think, okay, if I didn't go through that, if I didn't go through all the crap that I also bounced around back and forth, homeschool and public school. And I'm like, if I didn't go through all that, if I didn't go through all the all the bullshit I went through in public school, if I didn't, you know, figure out that they were siding with him because he was well, he was trying to be one of them. You know, my, my father was trying to be a cop. He was trying to be a lawyer. All this click behavior, all this corruption. I was not important. It was never about my safety. If I didn't go through all that crap, then my kids might be going through the same thing. They might be stuck in public school going through similar crap. And I but now I know better than to do that to them. So mm. it sucks, but you know, it as far as I'm concerned, it was for the best, just for the sake of my own offspring. Right. Just remember the biggest lie you'll ever hear is I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. <laughs> Isn't yep. that the truth? <laughs> Outstanding. Well, uh, does anybody have anything else before we wrap up? No, I'd just like to say thanks uh to Harley for coming on and I really appreciated all your um stories and i thought it was really funny about the feds and you know i appreciated <laughs> the uh anarchist story about how you got to where you are and um i'm glad that you're in a better place and you teach your kids better and you know so thanks for coming on yeah actually i'd like to point out that you actually you have the honor of being our first female guest this is true oh <laughs> oh that's neat i was gonna say how have you not asked about like horny posting before <laughs> it's just i guess that's, that's why i guess that's right. why yeah, yeah, yeah that's why 
Yeah, uh, it's it. Uh, poor, poor Angel over there has been stuck in a fucking sausage fest. Yeah. <laughs> so, fucking, fucking sausage. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I never, I don't know, man. Like, like I said, I, I have a wife, so I don't really get on Twitter to try to hit on anybody or, like, try to get, like, I just, I like to shit on, the like, the police pages and talk to my friends and, you know, make fun of tankies and, you know, do the normal stuff. Like, that's, not, like, I'm not there to find, like, try to, like, you know hook up with a girl i just didn't know i thought there were wet like shit posting away right (laughs) i thought there were specific uh sites for people to try to ask other people out like what is the that they have a gay one like grinders for gay people um Mm -hmm. they have uh tinders for for everybody isn't is that everybody or is it is it just uh heterosexual people yeah no tinders for everybody it's for the people okay grinder would be gay specific okay we know i I know about grinder because i have a gay couple that uh, have mentioned grinder to me before so i i knew about that but yeah no i i thought twitter was for shitting on the state and hanging out with my friends i had no idea it was uh for horny posting and when i saw that i'm like what the fuck does that mean man i gotta get answers um so but uh, what, is, what is this is this thing you talk about horny posting. horny posting i don't understand it's garbage uh well yes i'd like to echo uh angel sentiment thank you very much for coming on to the show um absolutely it was a real pleasure to speak with you, and uh, we hope to have you back at some point in time. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having uh, having me on. Gosh, if I can talk. Thank you for having me on here. God. Yeah, not not a problem. We're going to link to uh, your um, any of your pages that you have. Please send them to me uh, if you want uh, to put out your you put your Instagram out there or anything like that. Let me know. Uh, it'll be in the show notes. Uh, as far as us, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at UseGuysPod. You can email us at useguysandthat at gmail.com. And our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash useguyspod. Yes, we are working on a website. We are in deep conversations about it. It is going to happen this summer, and we already have a T-shirt design. And we're going to do something special for the people that have already been uh, guests of the show, including uh, Harley, that you'll get, uh, you'll get a T-shirt for free for being on the maiden voyage here on the Use Guys pod. So mazel tov uh, to all of our uh, guests, current and former. So you can find Harley on Twitter at Rebel Scum Han. And uh, if uh, she cares to share her Instagram, it'll be in the show notes. But from myself, Jay, Angel, the sound girl, proudly operating the soundboard, and, of course, my fellow host, Chris G. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will catch you next week. Bye. Yeah!